Hi there, my name is Gordon Hannes. I'm joined by my co-host Carl Bowden. This is the Discovering Leadership Podcast. Carl, what are we going to be talking about today? Yeah, so we're going to be talking about the fundamentals of leadership and specifically communication. Now, before we go into our topic, the purpose of the Discovering Leadership podcast is, is to focus on you, to instill the fundamentals of leadership within you, to help build your relationships, to help, help you strategize in your business and your personal life. It is also to help you live to your most authentic, true self. Now, we ultimately want to build a community of leaders. We have the aim to lead leaders, to help people lead by example in their communities, in their business, and their personal lives. Now, today's topic on communication, we're going to be hitting uh, subjects such as how to inspire positive change and communicating our why, our purpose. And then what are some attributes of a great communicator? And then what, what might be some difficulties in overcoming differences in our communication styles? Now, today we're lucky to have uh, Joseph Shepard with Lead for America or Lead for Kansas uh, to be our guest on the Discovering Leadership podcast. Now, as a first-generation college graduate, Joseph holds a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, a master's degree in public administration with a focus in nonprofit management, and is currently working on his doctoral degree in educational leadership at Wichita State University. Joseph is a community mobilizer, champion for youth and young professionals, as well as a conversational catalyst for equity and inclusion. Previously, Joseph served as the Director of Multicultural Engagement and Campus Life at Newman University, building the DEI framework from the ground up. Welcome to the podcast, Joseph. Thanks so much for having me, Carl and Corbin. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. We're really happy to have you, Joseph. Uh, you're going to be a great addition to the podcast. We know you have so much value to give. I sure hope so. Uh, I hope that there is something that I have to share, whether it be through my experience or my advice that can truly help other people, you know, strategize, as you've said, for their business or in their personal lives. Leadership is such a critical thing for all of us today. Um, and as our world continues to evolve, uh, there's never a shortage of need for good leadership that's focused on the common good. So I hope that we can rally around each other today and provide the people with some good information to strengthen their leadership capacity and hopefully their organizational capacity as well. Awesome. Well, Joseph, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing in business? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Joseph Shepard. And the first thing I like to lead with for all of the Kansas folks who may be listening in is I'm a transplant. I'm originally not from Kansas, which a lot of people may find uh, very surprising because my love for Kansas uh, probably matches those who were born and raised here. I moved here in 2011 from Oceanside, California to visit my father, who was a pastor here in the area, uh, shortly fell in love with Wichita State University, and two weeks before school started at Wichita State, uh, got enrolled and uh, 
began my life here in Kansas and I'm still here years later, uh, two degrees later and working on a third one now. And ultimately um, it's because of the people and the opportunities to tackle critical challenges in the community that have led me to feel like Wichita in Kansas is my home. Um, mm -hmm. And speaking of challenges, that is what led me to my role at Lead for America. I started off with Lead for America, building up the Lead for Kansas affiliate. Um, the organization is focused on making sure that we retain young talent in their communities. So often we hear young people saying, you know, I cannot wait until I graduate high school. I'm going to attend college somewhere else. I'm going to leave my state. I'm going to leave my home community. Um, and what Lead for America is doing is we are trying to show folks that success does not require that you leave home. In fact, success starts at home, right? You can tackle those critical challenges, identify those barriers and create opportunity. Um, so we are really working to mobilize young people to add to the transformational capacity in their communities through what we call a one-year service fellowship. We connect these young people to uh, organizations that are focused on causes that they are passionate about, and they get one year to work alongside that organization to tackle that critical challenge, to learn more about their leadership capacity, as well as create an affinity for the community that they were born and raised in. So I did that for about six months for Kansas. That organization is now up and running, and I moved over to the national side where I now have the honor and the privilege to serve as the chief of staff for Lead for America, working alongside our CEO, Joe Nail, who is the co-founder of our organization, working on special projects, um, helping oversee staff morale, um, working with our staff to ensure our fellows remain happy, and ultimately uh, making sure that we are living out our organizational mission and values, which is, again, a critical component when we talk that's about huge. living Our mission. That's, that's what leadership is all about, is leading by example. And I love how you guys are so focused on the youth. And you, you had stated that, you know, success starts at home. We can start right now, here, today. Most definitely. So you were talking about you, you started with the, the, the new Kansas organization and you've moved on to the national level. It sounds like there's a lot of different moving parts and there's a lot of different pieces uh, in place. How has communication played a role and what are some of the key aspects that you use or continue to use with those that you lead through communication? Absolutely. You know, I said earlier that our world is constantly evolving and as our world continues to constantly evolve, so does our communication style and our communication methods. Um, one of the first things that I identified that would be a, a challenge for me coming into the role as the director of this new organization in the state was how do I articulate our mission and the why? Um, and that began with speaking to my walk and my experiences and why I felt like this organization was necessary, not only for the community, not only for the state, not only for organizations, but as you all have said, Corbin and Carl, for young people across our state, we are experiencing significant brain drain. We have a declining population that's coming up. And so those were two indicators that I knew that when I was speaking with potential donors or potential partners that I had to identify in order to make sure they understood why lead for Kansas and why now. Um, we are different in the sense of we are giving young people the tools and the resources to create change. We're not asking young people to ask other people in charge to create the change. We're asking 
others to give young people the tools to create that change. Um, but communicating that to not only the prospective fellows who we want to bring into our organization, but also the partners who we desperately needed in order to be successful, took strong communication, took intentional communication. Um, it was a matter of making sure that when going to speak to partners, that first we um, made sure that their organizational mission and values aligned with ours. And then when we actually had the opportunity to sit down and communicate with them, uh, making sure that we were tying that thread together, right? Speaking to, you know, if their organizational values were community, talking about how our work impacts community. If it was transparency, then talking about how our work um, embodies the spirit of transparency. And also speaking to the workforce and economy. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the work that our fellows do in Lead for America really does impact the economy. It really does give our young people an opportunity to be prepared for the workforce. And those were two critical things that I had to learn very quickly, not not having spoken that language before, I had to do my research and learn how to speak about the economy, learn how to speak about workforce talent retention. Um, and so it took time, it took homework, but more importantly, it took intentionality, which I feel is something that we are very serious about at Lead for America when it comes wow. to communication. Intentionality. We all need to be much more intentional with our lives and, you know, are what we communicating? Are we, are what we leading? Is that aligning with our mission, our goals, our our purpose? You know, I, I really liked what you said about communicating your walk and giving that example to others. You were very vulnerable uh, with, you know, your life. And that gives others the ability to open up to what they're currently doing in their world as well. I think that's that's huge for a leader to do. Absolutely. Yep. And, yep. you know, Absolutely. with Lead for Kansas, it sounds like you guys really give the tools, the resources to prepare these, these young people for the workforce. And that's, that's so heavily needed. I was, I was curious. So what really makes a leader a great communicator? Absolutely. And and that's such a, a, mm -hmm. a difficult question, right? Because I believe a good leader in terms of communication meets the needs of the folks who they are working with and or leading, right? And so how you choose to communicate um, depends on the setting that you are in, because every different audience and every different community um, needs to receive communication a certain type of way in order to be able to absorb it and comprehend it. And I think that that is a challenge for a lot of leaders. You know, leadership is not a one size fits all. And very similarly to the diversity that makes up our country, um, because we don't have one language spoken in our country, right? Um, there isn't one way to communicate that resonates with everyone either. And so we have to be able to speak from the heart and speak from experience. But when we don't have the experiences that align with the community or align with the folks that we are wanting to serve, we have to be willing to acknowledge that and take a step back and listen. Um, so communi good communication requires the ability to listen. It requires the ability to be vulnerable and open up about the experiences that you have had so that folks can you know, connect with you. But it also requires that you lean into discomfort because communication is such a beautiful thing so much that if we are intentional, again, 
and listening to what the people need that we are serving, um, we will learn that perhaps maybe some of the thoughts that are being articulated or communicated to us make us uncomfortable. And that's not an opportunity to shy away or walk away, but an opportunity to ask ourselves and to get curious, what about the way they're communicating makes us uncomfortable? What about their experience that they're articulating makes us uncomfortable? And then with, with that, we get to dig deeper and then we get to find resolutions to the issues that we are facing, the barriers and the challenges that we're facing as a community. But communication, um, I, I'm telling you, I just firmly believe if you are going to be a successful leader, you have to have the ability to communicate and part of communication is listening. Um, it goes hand in hand with being able to speak um, is also having the ability to listen you know, very well. That makes well. a lot of sense to me. So there, there's a lot of hoops that you're jumping through, it sounds like. What are some of those difficulties in communicating your message? Uh, and maybe some of the shortcomings that you've experienced along the way getting to where you are now. Absolutely. That's, that's such a great question. Uh, for, for me, I would say that one of the challenges that we have experienced is helping Kansans unlearn how they see their state um, and helping Kansans unlearn how we see our young professionals and our young people. You know, there, there's a quote um, or a saying that oftentimes comes in when we're talking about young people, and that is, oh my goodness, we see an outstanding young person. We say, my goodness, this young person is going to be phenomenal in the future. And, and we are trying to tell folks that they are not going to be phenomenal in the future. They are phenomenal now. Um, and when we unlearn that, right, then we see that there are opportunities and there are gaps that exist in our society and communities and country where we can plug in young people right now to help them contribute to helping solve that issue. Um, you know, I, I kind of get bothered because sometimes we we treat young people like shiny toys and it, it's not a issue that's unique to Kansas. It's a societal issue. Um, we want to put them on posters. We want to put them on pamphlets. We want to bring them to our big events. And we, we say, look at this young person and I'm, and I'm doing X because I want this young person to have a prosperous future or an opportunity one day. And little do we recognize many times is that we can start giving them that mm -hmm. opportunity right now. And perhaps they're not ready to take on that big level job. Perhaps they're not ready to run a Fortune 500 company. But if we start by giving them the tools and the resources now, then five, 10 years from now, they will be ready. And they won't have to wait until they're of a certain age or a certain caliber to be prepared. So I would say that that has been the biggest issue is learning how to articulate to folks in a respectful and meaningful way that um, Kansas is a great place to be and we have lots of great opportunity in our state, but also that the young people that are here, the young professionals that are here are ready. We're ready to, to lead, we're ready to serve, and we are ready to learn. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about mistakes, that's something that Lead for America is something that we are, we pride ourselves on, not necessarily making the mistake, but taking ownership in the mistakes that we make. I was just speaking at a panel the other day, and one of the things that um, I told the panel was, 
when it comes to recruiting and retaining talent, we've got to be honest. And Lead for America does that very well. On our website, we have an area where we talk about our mistakes. And we talk about not only the mistakes that we made, but what we have done to correct those mistakes. Um, and that is something that attracted me to this organization. It is something that I believe is um, unique about our organization. And I hope that what we have done in terms of owning our mistakes will serve as a catalyst for great things to come for not only us, but other organizations and being vulnerable and saying, I don't know it all, but here's our commitment to correct it and do better moving forward. And that makes a lot of sense. You're, you're really hammering it home there for me at least. Uh, so one thing that I'm curious about, because it, it sounds like you're saying untraining people in their views of Kansas and how they view young professionals and their current workforce work environment. Uh, to me, that sounds like there's a lot of motivational factors in there. It's like whenever I'm trying to train my employees or my team members, sometimes just those in relationships that I have, you know, whether that's personal or just like a friendship, uh, I have to motivate them or I have to inspire them uh, pretty frequently. You're saying that putting out the mistakes that you guys make and how you're correcting them, what you're doing about them. That sounds like a motivational factor to me, that how you can motivate the people that you're getting inspired or that you're trying to inspire. Uh, what are some of those other things that you're doing to motivate the people that you're working with? And how do you inspire them to believe in themselves? And even more so, how have you been inspired to believe in yourself? That is a great question. Uh, and for me, I'll give you a little quick story. We have a fellow who is um, just a recent graduate, first generation college graduate from a local university here in Wichita, Kansas. And uh, they are working alongside a nonprofit organization that is focused on workforce, education, and community development, uh, as well as economic development. And I remember when we brought this fellow in for training in Dodge City, Kansas, and um, we were talking to them about all the opportunities that they would be able to get through our program. And I remember when we were on a break, this fellow came up to me and said, people like me don't get these opportunities. And, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't essentially be able to do the work that I'm doing through this fellowship program. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a parent, I'm a son of two parents who didn't necessarily complete their education um, and worked hard their entire life to ensure that my siblings and myself received a quality education. Um, and I haven't even graduated from college yet. And here I am in this room surrounded by folks who have not only been to college, but completed their degree, maybe even working on a second one. And I'm working on key community issues that Wichita is paying major attention to right now. And I corrected that fellow and I said, not only are you capable and you are ready to take on these challenges, you deserve this opportunity. And I think that when it comes to motivating, sometimes it's not only about helping young professionals and young people believe in their capabilities, but it's about reminding them that they are worth the risk. I think that I am where I am at in life today because there have been mentors and sponsors and people in my life who have shown me, maybe not through their verbal actions, but through their actions and advocacy, that I am worth the risk. And, you know, that's what I would tell plenty of folks today, that there's a young person in your community who is so talented and who is ready to help 
you know, tackle some critical challenges that the community is facing, and they're waiting to hear that they are worth it. And we have to do a better job as a society, as a country and community, simply not only motivating our young professionals, but telling them that they're worth it. They, they can go out and start that business. They can go out and go after that education. They can go out and help um, create a cure to not only cancer, but to issues that affect our local community, like public transportation. Um, and, and for our differently abled community, there are issues that impact so many different factions of people. And our young people have the answers and they have the ideas and they deserve to know that they are worth it and that they deserve the investment as well. Um, and, and that's how I've learned as well. That's how I've been motivated is I will never forget recently, two weeks ago, I watched that very same fellow walk across the stage um, and receive his degree. And not only that, I was able to celebrate with his family. And I will tell you the tears of joy that I witnessed his family shed that night of his graduation will never leave me. Um, and it left me proud, not only because he received his degree, um, but because I know that Lead for America will always be a part of his story and how he got from point A to point Z. And that we gave this young man who had no college degree, who had leadership experience, but not in the traditional sense, we gave that young man an opportunity to showcase his ability and his talent, and he has done nothing but show up and has excelled. And because of him and his work, he is now going to be able to inspire other people who look like him, who come from similar situations. And that's what motivating is all about, kicking open doors of opportunity for other folks. Right. Providing the opportunity. I I got pumped up just listen, listening to hear you speak right there because you hit so many points. You know, people are worth the risk, like you're saying. They, they need someone that believes in them, that sees that they are capable, that they are worth it. And what's great about what you do and what Lead for Kansas does is that you guys walk with them on that journey. You're helping them along to become the best version of themselves. That's, that's amazing. There's, you know, there, it is exciting. It's, it's exciting. It's so exciting because that's what we need right now. We need people like you. We need people that are like lead for Kansas and, you know, walk, walk with others. There's a, there's a quote that came from Tim fruits. He's actually a pastor here in Wichita, but um, he stated that we need to raise the flag to raise the belief. And that just really resonated with me because that flag is like that symbol, that the symbol of hope, opportunity, that we can rally behind, that we can grow together in and unite. And I was like, man, what flag can we raise today? You know? And, mm. you know, I think, I think Absolutely. you guys are doing that every day, which is, which is really encouraging. There's another question I want to ask you, you know, what, what made you choose the path that you're currently on? And what would you say to someone that is trying to do the same? 
So I ended up at Lead for America during what I refer to as the reimagination period. Uh, COVID-19 hit. I was working in higher education. Uh, that was always my goal and my dream. I, I was passionate about young professionals. And I knew one of the ways that I could do that is by serving as a student affairs professional in higher education with my ultimate dream of becoming a dean of students or a vice president of student affairs at a division one institution. And COVID-19 hit and I was surrounded by folks in my life who were working in nonprofit. I had my master's degree in public administration and I was able to really see firsthand that a lot of true transformational change could happen through the nonprofit sector. It was very service oriented. Folks who work in the nonprofit industry, I would say roughly no less than 90% of us who work in nonprofit know that it is a labor of love. We have early mornings and long nights, uh, but we do it because we care. We care about the mission and we care about the work. And um, when I, when COVID-19 hit and I had time to think, really, you know, I was going through a city council appointment process at that time. I was the youngest person up for the appointment. Um, and then as I started to reflect on many of the spaces that I'd been in during my time in Wichita and in life, I'd always, most times, been the youngest person in the room. And that started to get me to be curious about why that was and what was missing. And, you know, many times when I would raise my voice in certain spaces or even when I was running for certain positions within the city, whether that be school board or whether that be the city council appointment, I would constantly hear the feedback, and I and I really do believe these folks meant well, so it's it's no harm or foul on them, but the feedback would always be, you're so great, goodness, five years from now, I know you're going to be an elected official, or five years from now, I know you're going to be a public servant, or in 10 years, I can see you in front of the classroom teaching a, a leadership course, and every time I heard that, it, it was like, wow. You know, I, everyone has room and opportunity to grow. Certainly, I'm no exception to the rule. Um, but you're telling me with all that I've done, the education that I've, I've obtained, the, the hands-on experience that I've received, that I'm not worth the risk now. Like, I've not proven to you that I'm not worth the risk now. So when Lead for America came along and, you know, the mission was to help show young people that they don't have to leave their hometowns to create success, but they can help communities cultivate that transformational capacity needed to tackle critical challenges. I had been living it for the last three years in Wichita. And, and I knew that if I did not take the opportunity to join this organization and to help move the mission along, I was worried that I would not be in Wichita or Kansas much longer. And so I needed an organization that was going to help show me in live time that this theory of helping young people see their potential was mm -hmm. not just a dream for me, but it could be a reality. And, you know, I may never be the young person that gets elected to the school board or to the city council. Um, but if I can help another young person mm -hmm. or another young professional get there, I'm all in. I'm all in because it's not about me. It's about moving the needle along, which is a huge part of leadership that I feel is missing from, from our society today, that it's not about me, but we, um, and, and that's what I want to do. That's what inspired me to get to leave for America. And I'm so happy that I made that decision. I have not been disappointed. The work has been tough, 
wow. but I've not been disciplined. That was amazing. You're so right. It is not about us as leaders. It is always about that other person. What can we do to serve the other person? And what I liked about what you said, Joseph, is that, you know, we need to believe in people right now, not five years from now, not 10 years from now, right now. They are capable. You are capable. You are capable. Absolutely. And, you know, as you talk, you know, you are able to run for city council or lead someone in Wichita. So <laughs> I want to just encourage you, believe that in yourself, because after hearing this talk today, you're you. 100% capable. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing to see you. your leadership journey going forth. But we want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. But before we let you go, is there anything that you would like to share with our podcast community? I would just say you probably have been listening to this podcast and you yourself have a big dream or a vision uh, that you have been thinking about for quite some time to move your community forward. Perhaps it's tackling a challenge facing the community. Perhaps it's starting your own business. Perhaps it's starting a new educational or career journey. Um, I just want to remind you that you're worth the risk um, and to bet on yourself and to go after Thank it. you again, Joseph. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Carl, for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been fantastic. Awesome. Well, our next episode is going to be continuing the Fundamentals of Leadership series, and we're specifically going to be talking about humility. Now, for you listeners, remember you can catch these episodes every other Tuesday on any streaming platform such as Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. Oh, before I mentioned this great marketing quote, watch this. Joseph, I want to say you're a fantastic speaker, and I can really see the passion and everything you have in your eyes, the inspiration. It's amazing. Now, if any of our listeners want to also see the passion and inspiration of Joseph Eyes, make sure you head on over to insurian.com. That's E-N-T-U-R-I-A-N.com. You can also check out exemplifyleadership.com. We post updates on the podcast on all of our social media. We also post a video version on the podcast on the Interior YouTube channel where, like I said, you can see that inspiration and passion right in Joseph's eyes. He's a fantastic speaker, and I want to thank you one last time. It's really awesome to have your time and have you on the podcast here. It's not a problem. I appreciate it. Hey, Carl, uh, just remind our podcast audience, what are we here for? Alone we survive, but together we thrive. We'll see you guys. Thank you.